Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Centered, Committed, Confident. I'm your co-host, Cody Rogers. I'm Regan Erickson. And I'm Hannah Erickson. And welcome to episode two. Last week, we got a chance to talk about uh, the first um, C of our, our name, of our um, the things that we strive for as a ministry, and that was being centered on Christ, right? So that's in this podcast, that's why it's called Centered. Uh, but today we are moving on to a discussion of what it means to be committed. And particularly the phrase is committed to discipleship. As I said in the last episode, we're going to frame these three episodes uh, answering the, the three questions that are going to help us sort of discuss every aspect of it. The first question is, what do we mean when we say commit yourself to discipleship? The second question is going to be, why should that matter to us? And the third question is, how can we go about doing that? That's the, the practical side of things. Um, you know, <laughs> I am going to say as well that uh, I'm not able to respond to your comments from the last episode uh, because we're actually recording these first three episodes in, in one batch uh, yeah. together, so we can uh, release them timely. And also, one of our one of our hosts is getting ready to have a baby, and uh, that will actually yeah. take both of you out. You yeah. know, since you know, <laughs> you're both the parents of of said child. But I'm not. Uh, I'm not doing much work though. Yeah, so we're we're getting a few of these recorded as well. So I'm so sorry if you had questions that you wish I would I would respond to in this episode. Uh, we'll get to those for sure, and mm-hmm. I'll probably be more of a social media thing or a Thursday night thing. But just worth a heads up at least, so you know that we do care about responses to to what's being said here. But uh, anyway, let's let's move on to the actual portion of the podcast where we talk about um, the first question, and that is, what do we mean when we say commit yourself to discipleship? In a really broad sense, uh, and kind of vague, I would answer that in just coming together with other believers and building each other up, and kind of putting it really broadly in that way. There's a lot of different ways we could take this. Mm -hmm. In that essence, it's in community with people, building each other up. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's a good um, start to it. I think there's mm-hmm. more nuance that has to happen, mm-hmm. but I think that's a good way to just formally acknowledge um, what we're getting at here. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to add to that, Hannah? Yeah, I was thinking about the word disciple as this idea of being a student or like sitting oh. under the teacher and learning something. And so thinking about how do we be a disciple and how do we also make disciples and being committed to both of those things. Yeah, I think that's that for me is the most important thing when we talk about what what do we mean is that it's not one way. It's it's not just you receiving discipleship, committing yourself to going to church or going to a C group or going to um, Thursday nights. Uh, because if we look at it that way, that's not discipleship, that's consumerism, Yeah, mm-hmm. right? Uh, one way discipleship is typically just... Um, consumerism where you're just receiving constantly you're expecting a product to be given to you based on the the time that you're putting in you're you're purchasing this this package right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so that that two-way conversation is crucial because it's not just you're committing yourself to be a part of discipleship and receive things from it but you are committing yourself to be a part of the body and giving your gifts over in discipling other people so that they may receive from you as well Mm-hmm. Um, and it is so important that we, particularly as Americans, 
Um, and as a, I mean, we live in, in a very affluent culture where mm-hmm. we are. I mean, we are a blessed church um, to have the things that we have. And it would be, especially any of us that can afford to go to college even. I mean, we we live in a, a culture in which, you know, we have the ability to just receive what we're expecting and, and pay for and, and to choose and pick our culture. And, and that is worth fighting. And it's worth a conversation right now of what discipleship isn't. And discipleship is not you just receiving. It is it is two ways. So, all right. Um, so that when we say we want them to be committed to discipleship, um, those are the things that, that we're mentioning, right? But when mm-hmm. we're uh, in a C group and we are trying to build them up into that discipleship, that is encouraging attendance to particular things as well. Yep. That is Sunday mornings. Sunday mornings. Thursday nights, whatever your C group they might be a part of, or another small group, a Bible study. Um, that is also doing certain things. So that would be serving on Sunday, serving, um, evangelizing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of who Jesus is and um, teaching others what he has taught you. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are sort of the basics, and we'll get deeper into those and how they play in. But that's a good start with that question, right? Yeah. yeah. We, we've hit that. Okay. So the first question was, um, you know, what do we mean? But let's talk about why is it important? Why, why, why should we care about being committed to discipleship? I mean, it starts with the Great Commission where Jesus says, go make disciples. Yeah. Go therefore and make disciples. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> He's commanding us to that. do that. Um, and we also see Jesus do it in his earthly ministry. And so he commands us to do it and he modeled it for us. Well, yeah. Let's talk about that command for a minute. Who's the command to? Everyone that is a follower of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. There's no getting around it, guys. There, it, it's pretty clear. You cannot avoid it. You can't make an excuse and be like, oh, that was just for the apostles or that was, you know, just in that time when it really needed to be done. To that, I'd say, are you saying that there at, nobody needs to be reached for Christ anymore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that is a terrible <laughs> statement to make. Um, you can't avoid this, and I need to press that button too. Yeah. Um, because there are many of us. I'm gonna throw myself in there in aspects of my life too that are straight up disobeying the Lord in this. And what do we what do we call it when you disobey the Lord? Call it sin. Sin. Yeah. Right? There are those of you that are sinning in this. You you are committing sin when you are not committing yourself to the discipleship of going to disciple others. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's why, because Jesus said so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what other? It didn't, it didn't stop there. I mean, like you go into the book of Acts and Priscilla and Aquila in chapter 18 are discipling Apollos um, because he wasn't teaching correctly about the story of Jesus. And they corrected him in that um, you go and you see, I mean, Paul with Timothy is an excellent example of mm-hmm. discipleship. And there's, there's a, a verse in chapter two of second Timothy, where he's like, basically he tells Timothy, I trained you, you train others with the idea that, you know, this is, this is not just stopping here. You know, this is, you're, you're discipling each other to disciple others to keep this, keep this going on. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was going to say was the examples that we see in scripture. It's not mm-hmm. just, it's commanded. It's that it's modeled, um, with Paul and Timothy, but Paul and almost everybody he wrote to, I yeah. mean, there's very yeah. few letters that he writes that he is unfamiliar with the people that he's actually writing to. I, I mean, I know like the book of Romans, you know, he didn't uh, know anybody particularly in the sense of like, you know, he, it was more of a, a formal letter in that sense, but many of the letters mm-hmm. he wrote um, were just straight up uh, 
him discipling mm-hmm. other people. Um, even we're in the we're in the Gospel of Luke now in the college ministry, yeah. and Luke himself was a disciple of Paul. Mm-hmm. He traveled with Paul. He saw what Paul saw. Um, he experienced those things and was taught by Paul um, the things of Christ. And Paul was one of his main eyewitnesses mm-hmm. as to um, some of the things that that occurred. Yeah, and I think Titus 2 is another really big example where Paul is laying out essentially in the church what it should look like and saying that those that are older should be training up those that are younger in Christ-likeness. And they lay it out for men, and he lays it out for women, and he makes it very clear that that should be the regular pattern of our church. Yeah, and to cap that off, it's God's intent. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we've seen it from the beginning I mean, how did people come to know in in the Old Testament? How did people come to know about God? It was passed down from their ancestors, passed mm-hmm. down from father to son, from mother to daughter. Um, that itself is discipleship, right? Like the the story of the Lord, even even Scripture came to being because of what was passed down from generation to generation to generation. The Lord has so chosen that that would be His vehicle in which He is known is is discipleship. Um, through the church, uh, but that that is the the church's tool, right? The church's yeah. tool is discipleship. That's how uh, we come to know God, how we remember God, how we 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 uh, bring others to know God. And that's the beauty of discipleship is because you're acting as you know you're getting taught, and you're also helping train up others. You get to see the Lord in a whole new way when you're discipling and being discipled, and it just helps center you, like we talked about last week, centering you on Christ. Um, when you're helping train people up, you're learning things about Christ or conveying things about Christ that might make it more clear for you. Or if you're being, you know, directly discipled, they're also learning or being conveyed things about Christ to help center your life on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Yeah. All right. Third question. So how? What are the, what are the, the practicals? What are ways that right now after somebody gets done listening to this podcast, they can begin evaluating their life and seeing how they can practically commit themselves to better discipleship. I think starting the broadest scope or a broad scope would be Sunday mornings, Mm -hmm. Um, being a committed member of your local church body. We are a ministry that's all about the local church. We are not a replacement for it. Um, You should be somewhere Sunday sitting under the teaching of Pastor Rob or wherever you go and to be a committed person in that church body through serving, mm. um, through participating. And again, yeah. like Cody was saying earlier, not just being a consumer yeah. on Sunday morning, but really investing in your local church body. And note the difference there. It's not listening to pastors who preach on Sundays, mm-hmm. right? It's being a part of your local church yeah. on a Sunday gathering. Or yeah. if your church, if you're listening to this and you don't go here, your church does Saturdays or whatever, you know, that whatever the local gathering of, of your church is, it's mm-hmm. more than just consuming the preached word of God mm-hmm. um, together. Because that, that's a different thing. I mean, you can watch a movie with somebody and not know somebody, yeah. right? That's mm-hmm. that's I mean, why watching a movie is one of the worst first dates ever in the sense <laughs> of you don't actually get to know them unless you do other stuff besides watch a movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I like that analogy. It's like going to movie theater. You go there with a bunch of people. You go watch this movie, great movie. You leave it. You don't know anybody or anything about anybody mm-hmm. while you're there. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't be your Sunday That's experience. not discipleship. No, yeah. that's, that's not what the Lord intended for you. No. Yeah. Okay, so easy answer. One that we far too often overlook. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So Sunday mornings is one way that you can go and you can be discipled, but also even on a Sunday morning, you mm-hmm. can disciple others yes. through service yep. of 
of, you know, whether like the worship ministry, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I believe our worship team is discipling others in the truths of God and helping mm-hmm. them express their adoration to the Lord. Everything from ushers that equip people to, you know, even the offering that equip people to be able to worship by yeah. giving other tithes and offerings just by passing a bag. Yeah. That, that is committing and, and serving in a way that aids discipleship. Right. Yeah. Kids ministry. Yes. Yeah. Children's ministry is huge. If you oh, need yeah. a foundation of scripture, start serving in kids ministry yeah. and you're able to disciple others while really being discipled as well as yeah. you are diving so to the foundations of scripture. Yeah. That would be a fantastic way to get started, especially in the children's ministry. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're in that college age right now too, uh, you're just like oh, prime yeah. spot to be able to serve and to yeah. serve faithfully. Okay. Sunday mornings. What else, Regent? Um, that can come to like the Thursday night groups, you know, getting more specific into your age range around the college age, getting together with a group of people here on Thursday nights at Coram Deo, um, and being actively involved, getting to know those coming here on Thursdays, um, and then partaking in what we're doing on Thursday and getting to know people outside of Thursday nights as well. Yeah. If you were with us for our first Thursday night, one of the things I talked about was the funnel, the funnel of discipleship in our in the church and in our ministry the bigger funnel is thursday nights um, where the bottom of the funnel is heading towards um into c groups right but that mm-hmm. thursday night is the the start of our deeper funnel yeah. where you're with people that are more age specific walking through things that they're going to sharpen you in and you're going to sharpen them as well um, you're going to have those sort of unintentional conversations and those are every much every bit as important in discipleship is having those just uh, surface level conversations to just get to know somebody even and understand what they like and how they think. And just having a group of people who's close to or in your phase of life um, and being able to connect on some of those levels. Yeah. I think it's important to point out too, why we need Sunday mornings or like your local church gathering. Also something like college ministry is having People in your same stage of life is so important, but also intergenerational learning. Like Mm -hmm. we just can't really function well without it. Like we should be around people that are decades ahead of us in walking with Christ and in age and the wisdom that comes with that. I think in college um, overall, we can tend to get stuck kind of in this little niche group, which Mm -hmm. is so great for peer discipleship and for learning and growing together. But man, we just can't miss out on what all these people have been walking with Christ for so Mm -hmm. much longer have to offer. Yeah. You don't want to put yourself in an echo chamber, Mm -mm. you know, where an echo chamber is where you enter it and what you say out to it comes right back to you. Mm -hmm. You know, you're only ever going to hear what you say. It's, it's like a a pastor, you know, bringing in uh, 10 people that absolutely love him and think he's just the best person in the world. And then asking them what they thought of his message. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, what answers are you going to get? Yeah. You're going to get exactly what you expect, you know. Yeah. And discipleship shouldn't be comfortable all the time. No. It doesn't have to be uncomfortable all the time, but you're, you're to be discipled, you're going to be uncomfortable. Yep. Um, okay. So those are sort of the, the bigger, the smaller. C groups is another one that mm-hmm. goes even deeper, and that is uh, committing yourself to a, a place of being deeply known committing yourself to a place of being deeply challenged uh, in a small group of people. Um, Those are all really good. But so far, what we've really hit is um, I'd say you're you're coming and you can commit yourself to discipleship and discipling others. But a lot of it is receiving. Um, 
what's a way that we can commit ourselves to discipling other people that is mostly just discipling others? Mm-hmm. Serving, we've already mentioned. Mm-hmm. I think the Titus 2 model of finding maybe just one or two specific people that you're just going to do life with, that you invite mm-hmm. them to the things that you do, you meet with them regularly for um, even deeper accountability and even deeper um, turning up of the word. And so that's someone that is just a little bit spiritually um, maturity-wise behind you and to just really commit to giving your life to them um, and to training them up and, again, having that accountability of calling them out and where it's really, it's not a place where you're being poured into, though the Lord is going to bless your heart in amazing ways through it, but it's really just about pouring out and investing in this person that's younger spiritually and training them up in Christ-likeness. Yeah. And I just want to add as a, as a final thing too, is even just committing yourself to disciple people at school or in the workplace, yeah. mm-hmm. right? This, this uh, constant life discipleship where you are um, teaching others what Jesus has taught you. You are honing in on how can I speak to others about Jesus? I want to challenge you that um, if the people around you, let's say you just started school, right? If the people around you are just getting to know you, um, haven't seen your love for Christ um, or are not going to see it, then you need to ask, are you seriously committing yourself to discipleship and the discipleship of yeah. others? Um, now there's a time and place, right, to enter into deep conversation. So I'm not just saying like, go beat them over the head with the Bible by any means. <laughs> but there is most certainly a conviction that you need to have to let Christ shine through you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to end just talking about the word commit, commitment. Mm. It's a really bad word for, for a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. Because they think they're committed. Like you might be listening right now and you might think that you're committed to something. But right now it's pretty easy because it's the beginning of the school year or it's the fall and it's really pretty weather and it's not cold yet and depression hasn't set in from the winter and, mm-hmm. and all these things. And you're not really going to know you're committed until hard times come. Mm-hmm. And I want you just to remember that commitment is not doing what you need to do when it's easy. It's commu- it's doing what you need to do when it's hard and when it seems almost impossible. I want to push you really hard in this, that um, far too often we fail in the commitment side of things. And I'm going to say it um, in the, the first message on Thursday night is is my first ch- challenge, right? The, the, the first fall kickoff Thursday gathering. The first thing is, is I'm not going to see all of you in eight months because some of you are going to fall away because you're not that committed. You think you are, and you think that's what you want, but time is going to show exactly um, where you are on your commitment level to, to being um, discipled and to disciple others. It's a sobering note to end on, um, but it's one that you need to learn. And you can't, I mean, that's what marriage is, right? Mm-hmm. Marriage is, is committing even in the hard times to do things, and you don't know what commitment means until a hard spot comes in your marriage. Um, and same thing with all of life. So sobering note to end on anything you guys want to add to that before we end. Well, I was just going to add just the beautiful thing about this is committing to discipleship will help you in those low times. Yeah. Like being committed brings people around you who will come beside you when you are struggling to be committed. And it's a, it's just vital and it will, it will help when you're depressed or it's cold or, you're busy and that finals tomorrow and you don't have time or you don't think you have time. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's the perfect way to end is thinking through of it's good for you in the end. Right. But 
even we see it in, in scripture when it, when it talks about Jesus. What is true commitment? Well, we see commitment in Jesus when it says, um, like, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our mm-hmm. faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, right? Um, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand and throne of God. Like, um, but what's that saying is for the joy that was set before him, for knowing uh, what was to come, he endured the cross, meaning he committed to die for us. Like that mm-hmm. is that is the ultimate showing of commitment is he had his eyes on the prize and he endured whatever it took to get yeah. there. Right? Yeah. Good. Good. All right. Thank you so much for uh, listening and, and staying with us um, on the second episode. Next week, we're going to talk about the, the final C, what it means and how to be more confident in the word of God. Until then, as always, we hope to, to see you on an upcoming Thursday or on a Sunday. Reach out if you have any questions and just know that you are loved.